Yo, I put it like wow. This that sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bayo Bev, stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tow. I make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never ever ever think about the drop. Welcome to sports fans. It is the MKT show with me, MKT, who sounds like he's on radio, 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 radio in 1988, 88, 88, because DJs still for some reason do voices like that, 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 that radio, radio 98.34. Ridiculous. I don't know why they ever talk like that. It sounds ridiculous. Absolutely redonkulous, as the kids would say. What a great day to be alive. What a time to be alive. The Proteas struggling. Kagiso Ribada from St. Stidians College. Boldwell and First Innings. Then the batting. A disaster for the Proteas. And now India. 123 for four, effectively. 123. It's Nelson, 111 for four in the second innings, but 123 for four effectively in the second innings. It's the series decider. It's in Cape Town. Fans, absolutely not. People who don't care about cricket and just work in upper management at companies, absolutely. Bring your son who's never watched cricket before. He'd rather be playing Transformers or whatever. It's a very weird setup. Am I happy about it? No. You can hear I'm bitter. I want to be at the cricket. But shout out to Test Cricket carrying on. We'll talk some Test Cricket today. We'll talk about Cristiano Ronaldo um, and I'll repeat the message I've said before. And then Chelsea are in a very interesting um, time in their existence under Roman Abramovich. So uh, we'll talk about that and a little bit more as well. I'm joined by a man who's wearing a fantastic silk green shirt. Looks like silk. I don't know if it's real silk or not. Um, I don't think so. He's one quarter Irish, one eighth Jewish. The rest is copper beard, white guy. Sure. And the rest is just all around good Western Indian. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. How you doing, Ryan? I'm all good, thanks. How you doing? I'm good. You sound like you had a bit of a rough start to the day today. I had a great start. Is went, it? Went for a meeting. How'd the meeting go? Extremely well. Extremely, extremely well. It was for what? As the comrades would say, yeah, I'm saying the person yes. I met is not an enemy of progress. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, you just seem like you got a bit of a an edge. Yeah, yeah, you're feeling very edgy today. It's a great, Cause great because I'm, I'm on edge. Yeah, I'm saying, why? I don't know. Like, what's going to happen? Maybe what's, what's the story? Maybe Omicron three is going to come out, or Omicron two. Yeah, I'm saying. Ah. Well, maybe they should start releasing COVID variants like. They did um, Star Wars, yummy. Like we have to watch from like seven and go to one. That's what I'm saying. Nine. Yeah. Start. Cool. Just to just to mix up the um, the pandemic game. You know what I'm saying? I think they're getting creative with the names now. It's getting fun. Like I saw Delta Cron is now out. Oh, Delta Cron. Mm, it's a combination of o- Omicron and Delta. 
So is that just Twitter or are scientists actually saying Deltacron? No, no, scientists are actually saying Deltacron. But they're saying it's just, um, it's been tested in labs. Like they, they're, they're fusing them together to see the possibilities oh, like, okay. of, but it's out, it's not out there. I think there was a case that they got, but I don't know if that was just rubbish, but they say they actually have a serum in like a bottle. Deltacron. Deltacron. It's all, yeah. I don't know. It's all weird. It is all weird, but science is hard. It's a lot of smart people doing great stuff so you and I don't die, you know? Like 80 years ago, if you got the common cold, oh, we're not sure. Your Ryan's got the flu. Oh, boy. Stay away from him. You know what I mean? Now you got malaria, no problem. Pop a pill. <laughs> I was about to say pop a pill. Yeah, no worry. Now. <laughs> and, you know, shout out to old um, – well, I feel like in the sciences and in the world – we always give the credit to Alexander Fleming. Right? Now, Ryan, you know Alexander Fleming? No. So, guy who brought us something which has changed mankind's trajectory forevermore. So, this gentleman was at the very start of discovering not necessarily what we the version we have it in today, obviously, but something called penicillin. And uh, if you you can go and look penicillin up and and what it's done in terms of curing forever a lot of things. And, in, and we understand with pain management, penicillin and its values. So Alexander Fleming. But I feel like if the story is to be believed, we need to give more credit, actually, if it is to be believed, to the moss, which he had to observe. And he realized certain things about moss and its responses to stimuli. Right? Don't really want to bore people with a science lesson. You know, I sure. like, just because I like science doesn't mean people who want to hear about sport or Spider-Man movies want to hear about science. It's uh, not everybody can do mathematics. You know what I mean? Not everybody wants to hear about science. Alexander Fleming um, gets too much credit. I think the Moss should be asked, hey, Moss, how much credit do you want? You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. And a Rolling Stone gathers no Moss. You know that, right? No. And, and not the band. It's a metaphor. That's what I figured. It's a saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's an analogy. I figured because we're not on a music show. We're on a sports entertainment show. Yeah, oh, Mick Jagger. This has nothing to do with this Jagger. Nothing to do with it. Is Mick Jagger and Rolling Stones? Eh? Oh, Ryan, I thought you were the music guy. I think so. Now people are going to say, "How do? How can you not know who the Rolling Stones are?" Oh, I do know who the Rolling Stones are. Is Mick Jagger and Rolling Stones? I want to say yes. Okay, so you don't know the Rolling Stones. So you don't know the Rolling Stones. I know of the Rolling Stones. I so listen to the Rolling Stones music. So you don't know the Rolling Stones. You, you, you're one of those passers by. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, geez, you must really take this protein shake, bro. It's better than that other stuff. You're like those guys who, well, how do you know? Yeah, my personal trainer says. You know what I mean? You don't actually know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You see, there's, uh, there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story? You got a bit of a, a a jump in your step today. You you're calling a lot of people out this morning. You have to. Well, you don't have to. Oh, you do. It's how people get better. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? It's like you drinking Coca Cola your whole life. At some stage, you're gonna have to drink water. Otherwise, what am I gonna have to do? Like, oh, what happened to Ryan? No, he has to take an insulin shot. But how, how do you know you're right? About what? How do you know you're not going to have to drink coke at some stage? To do for what reason? For survival? Or yeah. How, how do I know what? 
that, that I'm wrong for drinking too much, like three liters of water a day. Mm. Good drunk, you know. I could, yeah. No, no, <laughs> hey, listen. People have drowned in puddles, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now, they have been on heroin and such things, but you can drown in a puddle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you're not entirely wrong. How do I know? So, you're suggesting if I, if I was face down in coke and I was on heroin, I wouldn't drown. And by coke, I don't mean cocaine. I mean Coca-Cola or the likes. I don't know. You don't know because you've never tested it. What I'm saying is you got to know all the facts. <laughs> oh, is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm not sure if that is what... <laughs> you got to know all the facts, Ryan Tenline says, huh? That's good stuff, Ryan. Thank That's you. good stuff. Ryan, change of swag today. You're in a, you're in a shirt, a short-collared um, green stripe shirt. So there's a, a nice olive green mm. with white, and I do like this shirt. It's very, very cool. Thank you. It's like um, so. Think of a Charlie Sheen shirt from um, Two and a Half Men. It's one of those shirts. That's an honorary way to um, describe it. Thank you. Do you have tiger blood? I found out this morning yes. on the Chinese horoscope that I'm the tiger. I'm a tiger in the. I just don't believe in any of that. No, I don't. I'm just telling you what I am. So, it, wait, but what makes you a tiger? Oh, uh, in the Chinese horoscope. Yeah, but is it is it does it have to do with your birth, birth month? Yeah. 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 Well, I was told this morning that. Because I was born on the 29th of April, 1986. I'm a tiger. And this, this year is the year of the tiger. So this is my year in the Chinese horoscope, by the way. So that's why in the video that was put up on Cliff Central's profile yesterday, you said, I have the tiger. No. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I didn't even know. Mm. Oh, yes. So has that, has that video gone up? It's gone up. Oh my gosh. How about that? Yeah. How's that? So, but what do you think now, right? Do you think? It's true. I'm, I'm, I must be embracing my year. Because I said I have the tiger. Remember, I even changed my mind. Yes. You were in the studio when we recorded that. Oh, yes. my gosh. So it must be true. Horoscopes are true. That's what I'm saying. The stars are aligning. The chakras are aligning. Right. You did say you have to know all the facts. I can't believe I'm a tiger. Wait. Am I embracing the spirit of a tiger or am I a tiger in denial? Maybe. Maybe I'm a tiger in denial. Oh, my goodness. Maybe this is the next evolution. Deltacron, me, and then I, I can have a change to becoming a tiger. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> maybe my spirit is frustrated inside a human body. Sure. Because, Ryan, I don't know if you know this or not. Human beings make this mistake all the time. I've been told by chakra people. You say chakra people? Yeah. Okay. We always say that human beings have spiritual experiences. But actually, Ryan, we are spirits having a human experience. You know what I'm saying? I get you. And perhaps I'm just a tiger in, in a black guy's body. And Maybe. You know what I mean? We have to be open to it. In, the, in a time when Delta Cron exists, why can't a black guy, a black guy be a tiger? You know what I'm saying? And, and I don't mean Tiger Woods. He's just a, a brilliant golf guy. His dad named him Tiger. But I feel like... I actually should maybe start identifying as a tiger. I mean, you can. You know what I mean? What What would your pronouns be? Oh, uh, yeah. I'd get offended at stuff because, you know, it's cool to be offended now. Mm. Like if somebody said, hey, look at that cool cat over there. I go, excuse me. Please don't use my species as an adjective. I'm sorry. 
You know what I mean? Like I own these stripes and I could say that literally. And people go, what stripes are you talking about? You're a human being. I said, excuse me, I'm a tiger. You know, this is all possible. I watched a video not like a week ago of um, a woman saying that she's a white woman trapped in a black woman's body. I've seen that video. Real thing. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen it. So, you know what I mean? Mm. And I don't feel like people should say I'm ridiculous for saying I'm a, I'm a tiger trapped in a black guy's body. But now, does your name change? Or are you Mbelelo? No, 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 no. The, the tiger. No, because to be authentic about it, I would have to go to Bangladesh and ask a Bengali person because I also, I don't, I don't identify as any type of tiger. I identify as a Bengali tiger. So I would have to go and retrace my roots, which I've been denied because my whole life I've grown up being told that you're just a black guy. But little did I know that within me lies the spirit of the Bengali tiger. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't think I, I, I wouldn't just change my name. It would be a journey towards I'd let the name come to me once I've gone on the journey. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So there's that, right? You know what I'm saying? So you're of the tiger. That's me. Who knew? Can't believe I'm a tiger, dude. What a crazy world. Now I need to find out what I am. You see what I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it now. All right. Google what you are in, in the Chinese horoscope. Incredible. Year of the tiger. Should we end the podcast now? Because this is quite an existential crisis. It's a crisis for me, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't think people would wanna, want us to end the podcast now. Why not? Do you think people aren't sensitive to the fact that I've just found out? It's, it's, it's as big as finding out at the age of like 27 that your dad's not your real dad. Do you know what I mean? Because everything I've built my life on is I'm just a black guy. Only to find out this morning and now through your revelation that I chose Eye of the Tiger with nobody eliciting that. The spirit of the tiger lives within me, folks. And I'm going to embrace it now, right? What cat stuff should I do? Because I hate cats as well. I cannot stand the sight of cats. I always call them owl food. You should feed cats to owls. I have no idea. I wonder what cool cat stuff I could do. If you haven't seen a show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia... Um, it's one of the funniest shows of all time, Danny DeVito. But the character called Dennis marries a lady who has who has surgery with the money, uh, the alimony he has to pay in the divorce. Ryan, she changes her bone structure to look more feline, more cat-like. <laughs> Have you seen that show? No, I haven't. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's, it's a whole nother level of of humor. All right, let's talk about. Um, Manchester United and their situation. Obviously, Ryan, you sent me an interview with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I was, uh, you know, doing other stuff. But Cristiano Ronaldo coming out, essentially saying he doesn't want to be fighting for fifth, sixth, seventh place. Yep. Essentially. Not happy. Not his vibe. No. What do you think of that whole situation with Ronaldo? It's, it must be hard because it's his home club. You know, like everyone. Well, sporting was, but well, I, I know what you well, mean. It's where I mean, he made his name. It's where right? he made his name. And now to have to tell 
the interviewers. He's pulling uh, a Romney Lukaku right now. <laughs> but um, he, you know, he obviously has a lot more clout than, than Lukaku does. So, I don't know. I think it's, there's nothing he can do about it, though. He's one man. You can't change a club with one man. No club can do it. You know, it's not like Mo Salah came to into Liverpool and changed the the Premier League forever. Mm. It's, it's not how it happened. It was a build up of thirty years. Yeah, no, it's true. It's um, Ronaldo's situation is almost like I would imagine what it's like watching a parent who's an alcoholic. You you know what I mean? It's like you've moved out of home now, and you you come home, and you're just watching this person. You, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Falling apart, and it's so different from when you were 15, and your now your mom or your dad's an alcoholic. Just, and there's nothing you can do. Exactly, you are powerless to change this situation. It's like, even though you put in all of your efforts, because Cristiano Ronaldo's had his game. No, he's the guy. He's always on Ronaldo's his game. Had his game. He's, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's never off his game. Don't worry about him. But I want to give you my opinion and my take on the whole situation because I said it before. You know, most of us in the world are not trying to be happy because deep down, I think we all know that happiness is not the point. I mean, obviously, Instagram and um, chakra-loving stone holders will tell you this, but it's not. We, we, we know that. It's hard. To, it, life's not perfect, right? There is no perfection in life. But we're after peace. Whatever that looks like to you, right? Whether it's a relationship, a good relationship with your mom, more money, less money, Less stuff, more stuff, whatever it is. Ultimately, we're seeking peace. Now, some people may say peace comes in love, whatever it is. But we're seeking peace. And I believe in my life, the more I get to know who I actually am versus who I want people to think I am, the more peace I have in my personal capacity. Because that's what I'm really after. I don't know, like it's cool if Ryan thinks I'm cool. That used to be the most important thing to me. Now, I want to think I'm cool. And that's really hard. Because if you know who you are, right, you'll have more peace. Not all the time. It's life. We're up, we're down, we're in the middle. But knowing who you are brings you peace. Let me tell you something about winners, folks. Winning's not for everybody. And there's a reason for that. It's because to win, you have to do some ugly things you got to sacrifice. And people don't know how to sacrifice. It's one thing I realized about in 2021. People don't know how to sacrifice. I know that because I know how to sacrifice. In fact, it is the cornerstone of everything I do. People don't know how to sacrifice. That's a very ugly thing because our very nature as human beings is selfish and greedy. We're greedy. We're gluttonous. We're, we want to survive. People are greedy. And winning is an ugly business because what it demands of you is that you cannot be human, right? You cannot give in to comfort. You cannot give in to your desires to stay comfortable to win. But we know mankind, you've heard it enough. You've seen it on Instagram. Leave people alone. They will, they will more often than not take the path that has been beaten before. People see comfort it, and it's okay. The problem when you bring Cristiano Ronaldo in, 
is that I said it before, Man United are not ready to win and they won't be for five years. That is the problem. And how do I know that? Is that after three divorces, right, in life, David Moyes, Louis van Gaal, Jose Mourinho. That's three divorces. Forget Oli, that was a whole different situation. That was, that wasn't a, a marriage. It was, <laughs> they got divorced at the altar with, with Oli. But three divorces, it's a you problem. Manchester United were never ready to win. But what they didn't do before signing Ronaldo back was take a look in-house and say, where are we? How am I doing? Because let me tell you what winners do as well when they come into environments. So if you're sitting at the office right now listening to this podcast and you've been new at a job or there's a girl or a boy at your work, man, the bosses really like that lady, that guy. And you resent them. You really resent them. Create something called organizational tension, right? But the reason you resent that person is that they are first in the office, last person out, all their admin paperwork is done, and the bosses love that. They're delivering. You know why? Because they're willing to sacrifice. You know why? On Fridays, you sneak out for one o'clock beers. Stacy, she's there grinding behind the laptop. She's in early. The boss's paperwork. She's already picked up his suit. You don't like it. But Stacy's taking care of business. Winners, right, create organizational tension. Because if the culture is not ready to win, right, they're going to stick out like a sore thumb. And if you watch Manchester United, what's happened this year? Ronaldo's kept on with his business. He's one of the top scorers in the world, still in a club that's seventh. That's impossible, but that's going to create tension because you know what people say? Harry Maguire, what's happening? You've got the same facilities as Ronaldo. What's going on there? Lingard, what's going on? Pogba, what's going on? Right? Greenwood, what's going on? You've got Ronaldo now. What are your excuses? Marcus Rashford, you can hear the tension. Ranić's having to uh, come out and defend him. Folks, if I was Manchester United, and I know this will sound crazy, I believe Ronaldo will leave anyway at the end of the year because he can see what's what now. But if I'm Manchester United, and if I listen to Ranić, I believe he would say this, I would pay Ronaldo to leave. Pay him out his contract, and he has to leave because it's clear now. Rashford, Greenwood, Maguire, Lindelof, they can't handle the tension. They can't handle it. It's too much. The reason Man United are not performing is because the pressure at Man United versus the pressure uh, Ronaldo is trying to put on the dressing room are not the same. Man United is not demanding of their players what Cristiano Ronaldo is. Now, Ryan, we all know when somebody who you are the same position as at your company starts telling you, Brew, you should come earlier. You should do this. It's awkward, right? Depends where it's coming from. Because if it's from a guy who's inconsistent and isn't doing those things and he's telling you to do that, you want to punch him in the head. But what happens when he is consistent? No, if if he's doing the things. Yeah. Then yeah, I think it it's um depending on the kind of person you are, I think it would challenge many egos. Sure. So And there's tension. Yeah. Generally, like, let's be honest. Everybody wants to say, yeah, I'd always be inspired by it. But think of the last time you saw that person in your office. If you're sitting in your office now, there's the one person you know they get it done. But you resent them. Because most resentment is what? I wish I could be like that. You think back when I think back 
to to my worst days in my teen years and I call someone this and at school I call someone a nerd or whatever for getting six A's. That wasn't about them. It was because I wish I could get six A's. What kind of work is that person putting in? Because you know inside I'm too lazy to do that. Oh, I don't have the I don't have the stuff to 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 produce those results. And it's what it's what happens in organizations, in families every day, right? Brothers and sisters will resent each other because parents will lean in the direction of the star student who is the star athlete. You know what I mean? And that's natural. I know parents say we love equally. You don't. And that's okay. But what it'll do, and if you're a sibling, you'll know what I mean. Because every sibling has, if you haven't said it to your parents, you've thought you love her more. You love him more. You haven't said it, but I'm a sibling. I know. I know. You don't have to, you don't have to admit it. But you've all said it. And it's what, what's happening with Cristiano Ronaldo now. He's putting too much tension on Man United. And they're not ready to win. And here's the thing I think Cristiano Ronaldo will have realized. It's something I think... I, last year was a very painful year for me. It was a very painful year for me in a personal sense. Because I learned that people are who they are. It doesn't matter what you give them. It doesn't matter... What positivity you create for them. People don't change. People, they have to want to change. There is nothing you can do to make someone change. And for Cristiano Ronaldo, it must be driving him crazy because a guy like that's all about control. Because Ronaldo's do this at this time, this many times for 15 years. Well, you see the results. I'm, the, I'm one of the greatest of all time. Jesse Lingard, nah, I'm not really. Maguire, mm, not like that. You know what I mean? I'm a Mykonos doing that. You know what I'm saying? Marcus Rashford, I'm doing government stuff. I'm getting knighted. Okay, cool. What about the football? Oh, well, I'm winning. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm winning the social, you know, you know, the social justice thing. So Cristiano Ronaldo now realizes. I, I think winners, and winners see it early as well. Chris, you, you know, it's like, you ever heard somebody say the money changed them? Yeah. Money doesn't change people. It makes them more of who they are. So what Cristiano Ronaldo is now is the guy with everything. He doesn't need to lie. Trust me, he's told Maguire exactly what he thinks about him. Not, not nicey-nicey either. Right? He's told Maguire. He's told Rashford. He's told Fred. He's told all of those guys directly to their face. And he's probably told Ranik, you just be quiet. I'm going to tell these guys exactly what it is. You think that doesn't create tension? No, it does. And there's nothing Maguire can say. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. Guys, he's still, and Ronaldo's still putting up the number. He's still fit. He's never injured. They're, they're, like, what could, even if you, you know, sometimes, even if somebody's right, you might have something on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you were late last week one day. You know what I mean? You know, you get defensive when, when somebody comes at you. What are you going to say to Ronaldo? He's still delivering the numbers. He's never injured. You know, you know no controversy. Always on time. You know what I'm saying? You never hear any, and he's the guy. He's not a guy. He's the guy. And I promise you, right? if I was Man United, pay Ronaldo's contract off. Because what you need to be realistic, after three divorces, you know what you really, first of all, you start at, I'm the problem. Right? It wasn't your three wives. One divorce, maybe. Two divorces, maybe. Three, that's a you problem. Man United need to say, Moyes, we made a mistake. LVG, Okay, it was complicated. Mourinho, all right, we are, we are a problem. And they never did reset, by the way. Oli wasn't a reset. 
What you need is somebody like Ranik. You can see he's making the dressing room uncomfortable. That's already come out. That's what you need. To ruffle the feathers. Bro, you, uh, uh, drug addict has to do what? Rehab, right? It's called a reset. You need to realign and say, what are we actually? What do we want to be? The great Friedrich Nietzsche has a great saying. All human suffering, right, says Nietzsche. And if you don't know who Nietzsche is, he's the guy who said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's what he's most famous for. But he said a lot of other good stuff. One of the other good things he said is this. All human suffering is the gap between who you want to be and what you actually are. So I'll say that again. Nietzsche said all human suffering is the gap between who you want to be, which is called the ideal self in psychoanalysis, and who you really are, which is called the actual self. That gap. So what you say versus what you do, if you close that gap, you'll have peace. If the gap is wide, as Man United is, because Man United think that Fergie is Man United. But in reality, they're Aston Villa from 10 years ago. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying it because their average position for the last eight years has been fifth. You're not Fergie's United, but they think that. It's a love story. Romeo and Juliet. Ronaldo's got to get out of there. It's the MKT shop. So, Ryan. That shirt is completely opposite to your normal swag. Yeah. Where did you get it? uh, For those who want to, we'll take a photo and put it on social media. Because on a very serious note, I love that shirt. Thank you. But how did you buy that shirt? Because you know what I mean? Well, I was originally going shopping for these these new weddings that are coming out as semi-casual. What's semi-semi-formal? So I don't know what, what, what to wear. And I bought this for the one wedding. Didn't end up using it. And I was like, I'll just keep it for another time. Because I went to the wedding in a suit anyway. And everyone else was in a suit. So I was like, why are we putting semi-formal if everyone's coming in a suit? Just put formal. Just look like Bond when you go to a wedding. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Even, no. even you suits it up. Yeah, but it was, for me, I was managed. I was micromanaged. Uh, by who? By the guy who was, whose wedding it was. Why? What's the story? Well, because he knew how, how I would pitch up. <laughs> <laughs> did he buy the suit for you and have it tailored? He did not, but he's, he, he, he managed well, me all the way. Was that suit tailored? It was tailored. Italian, of course. So you must just tell Veron. Pure. <laughs> Raphael Varon. If you can tailor a suit, I'm pretty sure Varon can get a suit that's tailored. He's got more money than I'll probably ever make. <laughs> right? Why doesn't... That's why he's always injured. He's wearing a suit that he picked straight off the shelf. I mean, what are we doing? If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and look at Raphael Varon's signing day. He looks like he's wearing his grandfather's suit that he inherited. Maybe, been, maybe he was just getting into money at that point. What, after winning three Champions League titles in a row and the World Cup? You think he has... Oh, maybe he's not good with his money. That's a good point. Maybe he went, had a good night out with 
Kanye or something. Maybe Varane's not good with his money. Maybe he goes to restaurants and says, I want that stuff that's off the menu. Uh, so he doesn't do a la carte, as they call no, it. No, no, no. He's like, I want that. I want that good stuff. Stuff that's not listed on the menu. I hear you. I hear you. You think uh, he must be that type of guy. Because if he's going to wear a suit that isn't tailored, you know what I mean? Anything can happen. Oh, but my suit was quite nice. I've got to be honest. Hey, you saw the photos. Be real. Yeah, so I saw. I sent you that clip. Pure cotton shirt as well. Like pure, proper. Felt like I was... You, you ever felt how soft a baby's hair is when they get hair, when it first comes in? Felt like I was wearing baby's hair. So good, that shirt. I saved up for nine months for that. That whole get up. Maybe more, ten months. For suits. I'm a budget guy. Right. For me, I'm not a person who... Because you know what I think? And you live in the West Rand. There's a great saying. In the West Rand or just in general? Well, there's a lot of Afrikaans people there. So okay. I would imagine they'd understand the following. Dierkoop is goedkoop. You ever heard it? What? Animal... <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Please go ahead. Wait, did you go. say deer equip? Go ahead, yeah. So buying animal things is good stuff. <laughs> deer is animals, by the way. Oh, yeah? Isn't it? Yeah, you tell me. Go ahead. Well, I'm not Afrikaans. But well, what does that saying mean then to you? Deer equip is good equip. Um, Ryan Tinline is going to give us it's an Afrikaans saying, and he, he's going to tell us what it means. Go ahead, Ron. So animal stuff is good stuff. So you think that's what it means related I to... I, I can't think of what else it would mean. So related to me saving for 10 months and you asking me, being absolutely incredulous at the fact that I'd save for 10 months, you think it would mean animal stuff is good stuff? Well, that's the direct translation. <laughs> animal bought. Yeah. How does it sound go? Dierkoop is goedkoop. Animal bought, good bought. <laughs> it is the 13th of January, 2022. And, you know, in life, you think, I want to be very careful moving forward in my life because I often think my life can't get any better because at the moment as it stands, and this can change, my family relationships are unbelievable. I have an apartment which doesn't have a, a leaking roof, you know. I have a, a safe place to live, food in my fridge, um, uh, you know, single origin coffee uh, every day. So I often wake up and think, what did I do to deserve such a good life? And, and that brings a fear, that brings an anxiety because I often think, can my life get any better? But then you come into a studio with a man who's one-eighth Jewish, one-quarter white, one-quarter one ginger. And you think to yourself, I was wrong. I was wrong. My life can get better. <laughs> because I wake up questioning this every day. So you think animal bought is good bought, you said, hey? Well, what does it mean? But what did you say? Animal bought is good bought. Yeah. Right? Right, so in Afrikaans, dear means expensive. 
Atherman animals. Which is ridiculous. Tira. One deer, many deer. <laughs> That's Trapafan for her liking, by the way. Just in, in case you didn't get that. My Afrikaans teacher would probably hammer me right now. but Bluxem. Bluxem. So you thought it meant animal bought is good bought. I didn't think that. I just directly translated it. Okay. So, but we were talking about money. I don't know why that will come up. Anyway, so essentially the saying is the, the, the translation is you get what you pay for. And essentially what they're saying in that saying is pay top end. You know, expensive is a good buy. What it means is buy expensive, you buy once. Otherwise, you're going to have to buy the nonsense again. It's got nothing to do with deers. But I love that you thought No, that. but animal, animal translation is deera. <laughs> deera is what you're talking about. Yeah. Deer, which is D-U-U-R, is expensive. You're talking uh, about okay. D-I-E-R-E. Yeah, but that's just the uh, – it's multiple animals. Deera. So, one so, deer, one animal. Okay. No, no, fair enough. So have you ever um, been confused when your mom says, I bought this for the house? And you go, oh, mom, there's only one. Can you see how that's ridiculous what you're saying? Because you've never, you, when your mom, you're like, oh, who did you buy this for, mom? She goes, no, I only bought one. What do you mean? Oh, you said, who did I buy this for? Hey, no, mom, I meant for the F O R. Oh, sorry, Ryan. Yeah, but how am I meant to know from just hearing it? Because it sounds the same when you say it either way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But have you ever been, have you, so if you've had that confusion with deer and deer. But I'm not Afrikaans, so I would be confused. <laughs> also, I forgot that deer is expensive. No, and that's fine. I'm just saying it's weird that you've now pushed it to this thing. Unless you have been confused, like your dad gives you a call and he says, Ryan, I bought something for you. And you're like, oh, dad, I only wanted one. You know what I mean? You've, you've never had that confusion, right? Obviously, that's, that's just, now we're just getting, uh, getting ridiculous out here. Redonka. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Ryan Tinline. I did not expect this conversation to happen today. You know what I'm saying, right? And neither did I. <laughs> but Ryan, you you shocked me. There's a gentleman by the name of James Ilsley. And James and Ryan get on like a house on fire. The more I hang out with Ryan, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. You're, you guys are wired the same, exactly the same. Yeah, James and I are the same. No, you're very – you're – at your very core, you're, you're completely different personality types, right? But your your idiot you have many overlapping idiosyncrasies. There, there, there are so many things where I go, oh, I get it now. Like the more you talk and the more I talk to James, I'm like, oh, this is why. It's not just because they're from the West Rand. There must be something else that links these two, and it's because your brain's – process the world the same 
Yeah. And I love it. I, I absolutely love it because it's a treat for me. Maybe because I'm so much older than you guys, but also we live in two different worlds. We live in the same country, but two different worlds. And it's fantastic. It's fan bloody tastic. I must tell you, it's a treat for me every day, right? Every day. It's, it's, <laughs> it's equally the same amount of a treat. All right, Ryan, we're going to have to talk about this. What are you going to bring up now? We're going to talk about this. So I was at a meeting this morning and I was on my way back to the studio. And I text Ryan. Say, hey, man, I'll be back in 10 minutes or whatever. He says, okay, I'll be there just now. He says to me, I've got to drop my parents at the airport. So I'm like, why can't they just Uber? So before Ryan gives his answer, anybody listening to this podcast, if you are still forcing people to drive you to the airport and pick you up at the airport in 2022, I don't care if you're saving grannies and babies from like buildings that are on fire every day. You're a terrible human. Why does anybody need to drive you? Take time out of their day, no matter how much they want to. Why don't you just Uber? Like we have Uber now. If you can't afford it, okay, separate situation. If your parents cannot afford to Uber themselves, I live with that. I say, okay, there's stuff we all can't afford. But Ryan, what the hell are you talking about that you're dropping your parents at the airport? Why Why wouldn't you want to drop your parents off at the airport? Then you make sure you get them there safe. On time. And then you're not clocking up someone else's time. What are you talking about? You're paying for a service. But you see, the thing is, you, you rely on Uber a lot more than the average South African. Maybe. So Uber is still relatively new. And when you've never needed it, it's hard to just jump into a stranger's car and, and go from place to place. And so w- what is it? Is it? Is it a control factor? Because if you're driving, like, let's be honest, you're probably not a better driver than 80% of the Uber drivers, not because you're a bad driver. They just outdrive you. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's, they practice driving all the time. But you have a nicer car than the Ubers. Well, I mean, what if you got Uber Black? It's not Uber Black in the West End. Okay, we've got we've been through it's only it. like Yaris's and those little little uh, what's it Corollas and. But they can order Uber XL. But then you're in one of those weird little Toyota Avanzas. Yes. No. It's terrible. What do you mean? Seats are shocking. You might as well take a taxi. <laughs> So are you saying this or are your parents saying this? I'm saying this. So you, so when you go to the airport, please don't tell me you're making your parents drop you at the airport. My parents either drop me or I pay for parking. Then I have my car when I get back. This is unreal. This is unreal to me. Why? So, so you've never used Uber. The only time I've ever used Uber in, in Joburg is for when I need to get back from from a club, really. 
but it's always with friends. It's never, I, I don't really travel by myself in an Uber per se. Has the, have you ever broached Uber to your parents? Have you ever, have you ever thought of just telling them, you guys consider taking an Uber? Like, no. Like, I don't want to drive to the airport. It's a nightmare. My parents, my parents do a lot for me. So the no, least I can do is drive them to the airport. It's not about that. It's not, it's not about you being grateful. You, you're a good guy. I'm, I'm not, that, that, you're going the wrong direction. I'm not saying you're not a grateful son. You're an awesome dude. <laughs> that, that's not what I'm questioning. I'm not questioning you or your parents. I just want to understand the thinking behind, because it's still your time, by the way. I, yeah. always, I think of life in time, always. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you not think you could do other stuff with the two hours it takes you to go to the airport? And they'll be fine in an Uber. Not, not at the time that they needed to be taken to the airport, no. But it's fine. It, it doesn't matter to me. So, so do you see it as you signaling to your parents how grateful for the stuff they've done for you? Not, not particularly, but it's, it's just a, a gesture. It's like the least you could do. For, for the, with everything they've done for you, it's the least you could do. Yeah. Well, I mean, they would do it for me. I'd do it for them. No. Mm. For, see, we see the world very differently. And I, I love what you're saying. I actually love you, you're saying that's how you show them because it's a service. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if somebody, I don't know if you've ever come back home now that you're grown up. And your mom's made your bed for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know your mom makes your bed way better you, than you'll make it. <laughs> no, no. Seriously, think about it. Because your mom loves you. The, maybe it's just my experience. Yeah. And I'm like very finicky about how I make my bed tight. And I want the tight sheets. I went to Cotillion. So they teach you in Cotillion. You know what Cotillion is? No. So Cotillion is like finishing school for boys. Um, You, you know, finishing schools. No. So finishing schools like how the hoity-toity classes in Britain would teach, and in any royalty, really, Europe, but largely Britain, uh, where you teach a girl to be a lady. So, like... I've heard of those. Yeah, yeah. they'd make them walk with, I think, like a tray on their head so that their posture was ladylike and and how to set a table. And But there's a gentleman finishing school. It's called Cotillion. Anyway. So in South Africa? When I was... When I went to Cotillion, no. It was in the UK. I don't... There must be a Cotillion here. I don't think so. Like it... No, there's, it's, there's stuff here like that. Gentlemen's finishing school. Only people should pay for that. What's that? To go to schools where you learn how to be, I don't know what. Ladylike or, or gentleman. Yeah. What's your, what's your problem with that? But is your father not good enough? <laughs> okay. So you see it as uh, a bit of an insult to fathers. I think so. <laughs> but then do you see school as like, why are you teaching me maths? Uh, what did you say? My mom's dumb. You ever thought of that? I hated school. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. You, you just keep talking about a different point when I'm asking you a question. No, but uh, I just don't see the need to, to do all these things. But I mean, but to their own. No, but I'm saying, what about university? Why didn't your dad teach you about yeah, but music process? But that's knowledge. It's not gesture. No, no, no. no gesture no. relates. So you think there's no value in in the gentlemanly acts? Like how to make it? It probably is, but what value would it add? What's that? Like being able to make your bed properly, how to, how to, set, a ta- how to set a table properly, 
I know how to make my bed properly. I don't know how to set a table properly. Mm. What else they teach you? Well, so, okay. Oh, so many boxes I, can, boxes I can tick. So, fair enough. So, you're saying five-star service. No problem. You got that. You could set my table for me for all the courses. But I'm not planning to work in the service No, no, no but you know how to anyway because you could do it. You know what I'm saying? You said you just told me you know how to set a table properly. Yeah. I said you could do it. Put the right fork in the right place, the right, uh, the different types of teaspoons in the right place. I did hospitality in high school. <laughs> so you got it. It's what we did. No, no, I don't deny that. So you're saying, ah, yeah, easy peasy. Michelangelo, no problem. Yeah, but I'm not planning on working there. So you can make your bed properly, huh? Yeah. So you could go to the army tomorrow, it sounds like. But I'm not going to the army. Do you know how to do an envelope corner? No. So you did, oh, you didn't realize that was a thing? No, but why would I, what What would I need these things for? What If uh, I'm not going to the army, if I'm not working at the Michelangelo, then what's it for? So you, you think things like that would have no like value in the world? Like in your life, in your personal life? In my, in my personal life, not really. You don't think being gentlemanly has any value in your life? But I'm, I am gentlemanly. Sure. And I'm not doing that thing that Simpio is saying where you can't say, you're, you can't say that you're one thing. You can't say you're humble if, if, if you're humble. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying that was, I am, I would say, 50% more gentlemanly than most, most of my friends I know. But it doesn't add any value, in my opinion. <laughs> what, you being gentlemanly or? Yeah. The, Oh, you, so what? You being gentlemanly doesn't add value, you don't think? No. Why not? Chivalry's dead. Wow, right? It is. Do you mean that? I'm, I'm calling it what it is. What, what do you mean? Do you think chivalry's still a thing? I'm assuming that's what they're teaching you, essentially. Some. Some chivalry, yes. Some also, some other hard lessons what it is to be a man, yeah? Like what? No, there's just certain roles you need to play in your own personal life in order to Fulfill a man's a man's role in whatever life. Now it's not for everybody. So sorry, I'm I'm not slating it. I'm just. Oh no no no! I'm not defending it either. I'm, I'm, I'm not very mind. big on that stuff. I'm not very. I mean, you you know, I wear tracksuits every day. And you drink from bamboo cups. You know. Well, I mean, that is gentlemanly. I'm saving the turtles, but so you don't think there's a value to just establishing? So, so fair enough. So wow, right? So how you? You think chivalry's dead, huh? I wonder what, like, why do people say that? Like, because I, I don't know if it's true or not. You, you think being, because by the way, you are an extremely nice human being. That, that, that's, that's no lie. You are very gentleman. But you think that's useless. Do you think being nice is useless? Yes. What do you mean? Very much so. What, but, do, you, what do you mean, what do I mean? You, you don't think being nice is a, is a good thing now? I think it's a great thing. It is, but it's not It's not anything different from anyone else. I mean, in the workplace and in personal life, there are always people who are not like that at all. And I don't know, things seem to fall into place for them. I just don't see much chivalry happening nowadays. Because also now, now you just get questioned. Like if you hold the door, why, why are you holding this door? Can I not do it myself? Sure. And it's like, but that's not the point. But no, and also, but this is presuming that everything we do is for other people. So if you see, this is the, this is an important thing. So, fin- think things like finishing school will tell you 
So finishing school was for the hoity-toities, by the way. Let me be very clear. It, how, it, how long is it, sorry? You can go for a year. I went for six months. But now... You can go for oh, two years. Obviously, it's not like a regular school. Is it like an hour a day? No, it's extracurricular. So it's, think of... So what? It's an extra 45-minute period? No. Kind of thing. No, it's slightly longer than that. It was like three hours per day. Every day? Well, as often as you want, but you, you're going to have to write a test eventually. You write a test? Sounds ridiculous. Sounds ridiculous, huh? But right, you should be nice because you want to be nice, not because of how people are going to respond to you. you no, know? sure. I, but, I, but I am that way. Mm-hmm. And I know from my experiences on how that's, that's been dealt for me, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. And I think sometimes you just got to harden up a bit because people will walk all over you. Mm-hmm. You become like a doormat. Because everyone knows you're going to be that guy. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, that's... That's another thing. Talk about it. So that, yeah, I'll go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead. What? Like, I'm sorry, what? No, 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 that's, it's like, it's another thing that I've picked up. I, I do a lot is I apologize a lot for, for things you shouldn't have to apologize. Oh, you do, for. you do, you do apologize a lot. Unnecessarily. Yeah. Like you're a good but guy. I, but I think a lot of people do that. I don't know why. Me neither. But. I hate the word sorry. Have I told you this before? No. No, I'm, I'm, it's no. not shocking to me. I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it because it's too easy. Uh, shout out Elton John. Sir Elton John. You know the song I'm talking about? Sorry. It seems to be. Sorry, Sir Elton John. Sorry. <laughs> Although, actually, if we're going to stick to today's standards, soz. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I wonder if Elton John has Twitter. Um, sorry seems to be the hardest word, he says. L- listen. Sorry is a behavior. It's not, an, it's not a word. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. People find it too easy to say sorry. That's why I hate the word. I resent it. I, I don't like saying sorry. If I'm sorry, I don't mind if you resent me. I will fix my behavior. It's what I try and do. Nobody's perfect. So I don't like the word sorry. But I, I hear you, Ryan. You do apologize a lot. It's a cotillion, huh? Mm. So yeah, you don't think like being able to dance, ballroom dance, a little bit of, bit of a foxtrot has any value in the world. Just little things like this. I had to do that for my grade, grade 11 or grade 12. It was, it was for our life orientations class and it happened on our 40 days. Mm-hmm. They made us do ball dancing lessons of all things. Tell me about it. How, how was that? It's terrible. And you see no value in it? No. Because when everyone had to partner up, they were... There were the guys on the side who, who didn't have the partners. And I was like, this is just like, why are we doing this? It's humiliating. I want out of here. <laughs> I, I honestly, I wanted to call the school and rip them apart and say, what is the point of all of this? And they told me if I, cause I walked out and then they said to me, no, if you don't do it, then you don't pass the year, which is nonsense. Sure. I would have quite happily not passed. I would have. Walked out there quite fun. That's another reason why I hate school. So tell me, tell me about this though. Mm. Do you see any value in teaching young people that you can't always do what you want? Because it's quite, it, it can get quite dangerous actually. Yes. No, there is, there is value in that. Yeah. See, when you walked out in the real world, you can't really do that. You know what I mean? Why? What do you mean? You can walk out. No, you can't really. Why? Like, like uh, if, if you work somewhere, you're under contract and you walk out and the company sues you and then you go, Oh no, what do you mean? So no, you're under contract. You can't just walk away from a contract. It's not how it works. Yeah, you know? but I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about ballroom dancing. 
Well, I can walk away from that. No, you can't. But it's analogous too. Where, I mean, nobody, everybody who says, oh, bro, I'm even going to use Pythagoras' theorem. I always hear people say this, right? Morons who can't do mathematics. And I'm happy to call them morons. I don't care who you are because I can do mathematics and I did learn the rules. It's not about the mathematics. <laughs> what you have to realize is that life's hard. Things you don't understand, you've got to apply yourself to. That's what you're taking away from mathematics. Not being able to do Pythagoras theorem. There's another level to why you should actually learn it if you want to learn how to think. But that's okay. That's fine. That's another thing. Whatever. But in life, it's also, you must also know that you don't have to do everything that you don't want to do. You don't have to be put in situations where you're forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do. Well, I might argue you have to create that world because most people have to do what they told in the world in order to live. Very few people get to live how you're saying. You know what I mean? You have to create that. Now, can you create that world? I believe you can. So, or, or you're saying everyone can just do what they want the whole time. Well, like, like, what do you mean? No, I'm saying do what you got to do, but when it comes to it, you don't have to do things you don't want to do. Like, no one can force you to do anything unless certain predicaments you're under contract, all that kind of stuff. But if you don't want to do certain things, in my opinion, you can just walk out. Just walk out, huh? Ah, it's a different time. Take yourself out of the situation. It's a different time. It's a different time. Life's it's not always possible to just walk away. Right? Do you know what I mean? But as you say, create the world. Like how would we were discussing earlier, there's a reason why when I go out with friends, I don't I don't drink, mm-hmm. so I can have my car. Situation gets out of hand, I can walk out. Got you. I create that situation. If I'm there and I'm drinking, mm-hmm. I don't have a vehicle to go home in. I have to sit through that, and I don't want it. Or just call an Uber, man. I know it sounds crazy. But then you have to sit there for 20 minutes and wait for it. Where? Where, where are you that it takes 20 minutes for an Uber? The West Strand. There's uh, no around this, the corner. I forget this. The West Strand is... It's not like Cape Town where you can just get an Uber on every corner. Or the northern suburbs of Johannesburg. Don't yeah. worry about it. You don't have to move that far to live in the idyllic world. But you have to see some sort of light into what I'm saying as well. What? In the fact that, that you can... Take yourself out of situations you don't want to be in. In life in general? Yes. I agree. Like not everything is cut and paste. I absolutely agree. But I'm saying you've got to work to create that world. What was your point before we got into this? Sorry, I I know I interrupted you there. No, I don't think it's important. Is perhaps there is the you, you can walk away. But I'm saying most people cannot. And most people have to be okay with that. Because most people don't have love. Like... Parents who are rich enough to let them live at home till they're 30. Mm. You know, and then you, if you've got a terrible boss at work, unfortunately, like this is the real world. I, lo- I go through it all the time. I have to work with people I hate all the time. Like truly hate. But I learned in school, most of the world is just eating a turd sandwich. It is. And you can't just walk away. You can't. You like, like I'm a business owner. There are horrendous humans I have to listen to all the time. I can't just walk away. And part of going to Cotillion is one of these lessons. So they teach you like leadership lessons as well, you know, because there's also different levels to exist on in life. 
There are finders. Uh, Warren Buffett called them finders, minders, and grinders. And you can fit into any part of that spectrum. So the finders, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. You take total responsibility for everything. Just below that, there's minders, middle management types, busybodies, retired, 65. And then the grinders are just the people who dig the holes. You know what I mean? Sure. So wherever you fit in that spectrum, you've got to be willing to put up with the tension that comes with it. Every spectrum comes with a tension, by the way. You want to be at the top by yourself and take control. And, and uh, Jocko Willink calls it take extreme responsibility where everything's your fault. You can't just walk away. But if you if you do live in a world where you're lucky enough to say, yeah, ballroom dance and get that the hell out of here. I don't even know what that means. Pythagoras, that guy's so old. It's 3,000 years ago. I've got an iPad. That that moron had nothing. He couldn't even figure out. To, he couldn't even figure out how to invent the wheel. What a loser! Well, why has he got a theorem? It's old. It's a very young person thing to say. That's so old. I mean, so old. Like they were so stupid. They didn't even have medicine back. Then. Actually, the Greeks were pretty clever. They had medicine back. Then. No, they were pretty clever. I mean, people have been clever forever. It's not, uh, you know, it's not breaking news. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It is a sports show, hey, right? It is a sports show. It's the MKT show. So, Ryan, I wanted to tell you something. What's that? So I write down everything I do every single day of my life. Have I told you this before? No. What do you think of that? What do you mean you write it down? Like, do you write down the activities you do, the people you see? Everything I can remember from every day. Do you put in a, like a journal? Yeah. Why? Because one day I'll be 50. That's why. And? I'll forget what happened now. And yesterday I wrote in my, it's not a diary. I'm not Bridget Jones, you know what I'm saying? But I just, it's a book. So it's, it's a mentor of mine said I should start doing this. And I, I, he doesn't, I don't think he knows I started doing it, but I did it. Um, so how long have you been doing it for? Three years. So how many books do you have? Eight. Where do you keep these books? In my house. Give it away. In the cupboard at my at my house. Do you want to know what I wrote yesterday? One of the things. Yeah. Because I was saying last year was a painful year for me. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest parts was meeting you and James. And didn't expect to talk about this today. But as we were talking now, I just realized. Because if there's one thing that I've di- I did right last year. Because I had a rule for people I wanted to employ. It was... 25 and younger and but even then you guys taught me well you in particular taught me you're one of those people that's always introducing me to new stuff like what yeah music oh, am <laughs> so, i just showing you yeah viral anything actually you'll always say hey look at this mkt look at this <laughs> like i love that i love it i love it because you're always showing me new stuff because it's very easy like i can't be a hypocrite earlier on i was saying about the natural thing, if you leave people alone, and my life, like, I live alone, don't bother me, you know, I get home, I read, 
Yeah. I go to bed. I exercise. I wake up. You know what I mean? It's very much me, 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 which is great, by the way. I live a great life. No troubles. But if, if, I'm, if I don't keep an eye on myself, and, and it's like this with all people, by the way. I'm not, I'm not unique, I don't think. I'll naturally just do the stuff that I'm comfortable with. Because it's hard to naturally go and say, hey, I want to, I want to do new stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll just, once you get half decent at something, or we are naturally evolved to form neurological patterns in our brains. And it's not because we're morons. It's actually a very smart way to evolve because it's for survival, right? Because you need the pattern to say, rustling grass, snake, danger, run. That's an excellent way to evolve. You know what I mean? It's very smart. <laughs> this, this, this seems like uh, we didn't waste the last 2.3 billion years, 4, 4.7 if you're counting the earth. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's awesome because I, I can live a fuller life. Even if I don't like the stuff you show me, it's, it's invigorating my brain. It's starting new synapses. It's, it's creating new synapses to say, oh, wow, I didn't know that was possible. And for me, just because of how I like to be, I like to, I read a lot and I try and know new stuff. I love interacting with people um, who show me new stuff. I don't like, I don't like interacting with most people. I like people that are adding value into my life. And you'll always show me new stuff. James, James as well, very, very similar in showing me new stuff. You know what I mean? Like James mm. is also moving and grooving in his own way. He's James even shows me new stuff. Yeah. And it's, and this, it's stuff not in my universe either, you know? Like here I am now, obviously being a cultural commentator that I am, and Marvel comic universe, I've seen you know, more than everybody now, you know what I'm saying? Well, you haven't watched first two Spider-Man. Well, you haven't watched, I mean, I mean, you haven't watched any of, you don't even, you haven't watched any, any freaking Chris Pratt. I watched Guardians of the, the Galaxy, Uni- I did. Of the Galaxy, I mean. Let me watch that. So you were about to go into the universe. Yeah, so let's yeah. just get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna go on a rant, I gotta get it right, huh? Is what you're saying. Yeah. Life's, no, no, no. Life's horrible like that. We can trip up. It'll get you. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Sometimes it be that way, fam. Yeah. Life will get you. Sometimes it be that way. Cause but <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote that in my book yesterday, in amongst other stuff that we did that I did yesterday. But I do that every day. So it's I, I do it every single day. I'll write down. Whatever I can remember. So what did you write down yesterday? Yeah, I wrote down lots of stuff. I mean, but mostly I wrote because it's just the thought that came into my mind, you know? Okay. Because I'm super… Oh, wait. Was that the thought that, that you wrote down or was there something that I showed you or James showed you in particular? No, no, no. It was just a thought oh, just... while I was writing other stuff and doing other stuff. Um, cause so it doesn't have to make sense. I don't write like an English comprehension. If I think it sure. and I remember it from the day, I just write it down. Full stop. Write it down. Full stop. Write it down. My grand used to do that. Yeah. So it's not, uh, I, I'm not like, ah, that didn't make sense. It's whatever I feel and think about that day. Like, so the two things I'll um, always write down is when I woke up and then how I feel about the day. So I start with that. And then, then I, write, I get into, hey, what happened today? What are the things that I did? But when do you do this? When you I get do ho- at- no, when I get home. Oh, when you get home. When I get home, yeah. End of the day. Yeah, it, it, end of every day. Even if I'm exhausted, even if I write down one line, no problem. I do it every single day. My grand used to do that. Oh, really? Mm. Did you ever ask her why? I don't know. She it, she said she, she wanted to, well... So, so you did ask her why? Yeah. Because, 
So wait, you seem hesitant. Did you did you ever ask her, or did she just tell no, you you should do it? I did ask her. Okay, but the thing is, so so she used to do it when she was younger, and then she stopped for a long time, and then my aunt got her to start writing out her stories because my aunt said to my grand, "Look, there's so much that we still don't know. We ask you a lot of things, you tell us a lot of things, but there's still so much we want to know. When you have time, jot it down in a journal." And so for the last for my grand past for the past couple i'd say maybe year maybe two she's just been writing down stories like from when she grew up where she traveled and she had had um like when she traveled before she traveled um she i don't know she went on some global tour and she traveled with friends when on, she was on young. a cruise or a, or a plane uh, i don't know well how old your grand well my grand was 80 Six, I think, when she passed. Uh, okay, so she would have had planes in her time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Willem and Alvaright, what, 1914? <laughs> no, no, I'm just trying to extrapolate. Yeah, yeah, trying to gauge it, yeah. So she would have had, yeah, she would have been on planes? Yeah, I think, I think she would have. So she, she used to bring out these books. No, wait, oh, hold on. This tells me you haven't read her books, though. No, I haven't read her latest stuff, no. Have you, oh, so have you read some of her? I read, I read, um, when she was still alive, she, she, she brought it to me and, and I re- we would sit and read it together and she would tell me about, because then it would obviously connect a memory in her brain and she would just tell me even more than what she wrote, but she'd write down the main stuff. And then only recently she started rewriting stuff again. So or you, wrote. You, so, yeah. Uh, so R.I.P. Ryan's grand. Mm. Um, well, R.I.P. Ryan. R.I. Live in peace. Remember, we've discussed this. I've yeah. always said she's fine. She's fine. She lived a great life. But you're struggling now. I've, I, I think, yeah, well, I think that's why we haven't read the, the newest. I know my mom's putting together all of her, like, final things together in, like, a book-like thing, like autobiography. Is she your mom's mom? Dad's mom? Uh, my mom's mom. You, your mom's real mom, genetic. Mm-hmm. So your genetic grandmother. Yeah. You think there might be any value in reading that for you? So forget your parents. Forget anybody else in the world. In this world, they don't exist. Do you think for Ryan James Tinline, one-quarter Jewish, one-eighth white guy, the rest, West Randian. Do you think there might be any value for you in a selfish sense just to read it? I think to, to know where I came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, for example, my dad's side, obviously both his parents passed when he was 21, by 21. Both of them had passed. So he doesn't have much memory of the family. There's, there's a lot of open gaps that I can't put the pieces together. And we ask all the, my sister and I ask uh, the questions all the time. And we don't have much real connection to that side of the family at all. Like none. Like, but I've, I only know my uncle and my aunt. My uncle passed, what, 2009? Mm-hmm. So I really have my aunt and she's in Cape Town. And then we have my dad's nephews who were the kids of my uncle. And they, they were there for a bit of it, but not all of it. So there's still gaping holes in that side of the family. But... That's why um, on my mom's side, we have obviously we connected a lot more with that side of the family, and so it's it's kind of interesting to just find out. So, so why would these gaping holes bother you? It's not about you, because I, I can't put anything together about my about my family there. Like, uh, oh, well, why would you want to do that? It's not about you. No, I just I just want to know why. I don't know. Well, what value is there? People don't just do things. 
I, I know we all think we just do things, but nobody just does anything. Or let me let me phrase it correctly. I don't believe people just do things. So what value is there for Ryan to learn about his uncle? In your mind, have you ever thought about it? No. So, I, so why do it? I don't know. It's just it's something that uh, it's it's that it's that thing where where there's no answers, you look for answers. Sure. And so, you know, with with my mom's side of the family, I don't really have much to ask because I know this the whole story sort of, but I know most of what's going on there, so it doesn't really bother me. But the fact that there's a story that just doesn't fit like nothing makes sense with with my dad's side of the family got you and my dad was was the youngest so he doesn't he doesn't uh know much because he was in the army for the last two or three years of my grandfather's life yeah and his mother's life so and then you know i was told my 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 grandfather was a, a south african champion boxer can't find his name in any record and i know he changed names and I can't find that name. So there's just a lot of things that don't make sense. And so that's why I'm just saying, I, you know, I'm just inquisitive about it. I totally connect with that, right? But the reason I'm pushing you for an answer is I have my own thoughts on, on why I'm writing th- things down. And my mentor just said he does it. And I just took it on. He never said I should do it. Right. But what was your, what is the reason that he does it? I've never asked him. Don't, but, Aren't you, aren't you inquisitive about that? Don't, aren't you, like, don't you, don't you want to know, like, what value it adds to him? No, because I know there's a reason, and if he wanted to, he would have shared it with me. But now, did you figure out a value that it added for you with the reason that you did it? So I started asking myself a question a while ago. Like, so I come from two rural tribes, and I recently found out that my grandfather was anointed on my mother's side as the Sepedi William Shakespeare. You can find his books, Elias Matala. You can find his books in any library in Sepedi though. We're trying to get it translated as we speak. And when I saw that, I, so my mom's an unbelievable orator, by the way. Like, she's, uh, orator is somebody Sorry. who speaks in public. No, no, no worries. Somebody who speaks in public. So to, or, to orate, uh, orator speaks in public. But like off the charts. My mom's off the charts. But like public speaker. Weddings, church, Uh, seminars, next level. She hosts all of them. Like a pastor. Cool. Like next level. But my mom's next level. And I was wondering, why is this woman like this? And I've always wondered since I was young, man. Since I was really, really young. I was like, this is awesome. That's an awesome power to be able to grasp a whole room and have them clinging on. You know what I mean? Mm. And now it makes sense. But I only found that out three years ago when my sister found his book and my sister brought it to light because I was never very close to my family. I was very rebellious in my 20s, you know, and I didn't really know what was happening in my family really for about a decade from 18 till 28. I was doing my own thing. I was wiling out. And then I, because I've always been a reader, but I always... You know, I'm quite an inquisitive person in terms of myself. Because one thing I always ask myself is, why am I like this? Why do I act like this? Where does my personality come from? It's deeper than just what my parents gave me. There's something going on here. You know, 
But I have no explanation. And to your point was, so I come from two rural families. None of their history is written down. So on my father's side, they're trying to patch the family uh, heritage together. I do know that my grandfather was Khoisan. Do you have like a family tree? So I, know, I know we, we actually have one. So again, that's a big part of African history, which we're trying to piece together. Keep in mind that it was illegal for my grandparents to be able to read and write. You must keep that in mind. Bantu, Bantus, they were called back then. It was made illegal in the country I'm from, which is the Republic of South Africa, for my um, grandmother, who was illiterate, and my grandfather, who came from a sort of nomadic um, way of living, the, 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 what we call now the Khoisan. Um, so things like Western education was not a thing for them. Right? So I don't have a written history. So I don't really, outside of speaking, like my father's not really a speaker. Like I could never ask him about his family history. What I do know is my grandfather was an extremely strict man, <laughs> super strict. That's what I know. And all of my my father and his sisters and brothers and brother are, are all very the same, right? So <clears throat> that's all I know. So for me, I don't really know why I'm like this. I have no clue. Why am I like this? I can't go somewhere and look, you know, when I was, so I was, I, I did an exchange six months at a school called Eton. So Harry, Boris Johnson, all these, they all go there. So Eton, prime ministers of England, they all go there. And I was there while Harry was there actually with his ginger hair. Um, but when you go there and I, I in, only now when I look back at it, so we'd go to Oxford and some of the guys go, oh, no, hey, look, here's my grandfather. Let me quickly take you to the library uh, where that's named after my family or a section of the library that's named after my family. Real thing. I'm telling you a real thing. Guys were going back to 1300. Yeah, yeah. No, here, come, come see this. I was like, what do you mean? Tell you succession. Here's what happened. They moved here. It's written down. It's written down. And if you do that, you come to realize – Unlike what we're told now, you're not a result of yourself. Because in, in modern society, people say this all the time. No, no, I did this. I'm, I'm just like this. No, you're not. There were people before you who survived and molded and escaped and, you know, you are, you are because of a succession of decisions. Imagine your great, your great, 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 great grandparents never met. You wouldn't be here. Mm. But they did meet. And there were people. There were real things. They did stuff. They felt. They hated. They loved. Like, and they responded a certain way. You know what I'm saying? They and they shaped to the world. And they shaped a certain type of person. And that type of person went somewhere else. And they met another kind of person, which brought in a whole new bunch of dynamics. You know what I mean? They met. Nine generations later, here you are. And you're not just because of yourself. Your parents are not just because of themselves. So this inquiry came to my mind. It's like, why am I like this? And I can't go and read it anywhere. And it drove me crazy. And I thought, I have no idea. A couple of years ago, I thought to myself, okay, cool. It's cool that I, I can see my grandfather's writing. That's awesome. We have, so we're going to see, I can see how he thinks. I'm like, oh, interesting. I also, I have these thoughts. Oh, wow. I come from something. These things matter to me. It's like, I'm not just starting now. It's quite a heavy burden as well. You know, in life, when you're starting something out, Mm-hmm. It's a much heavier burden than when you feel like you're carrying something on. 
you, you know, in, in my in my opinion anyway. So when I was like, oh, okay, I'm a little bit like my grandfather. I like to write. I also like to read. I'm quite literate. I like poetry. I like this stuff. I do. I really, really like, oh, I come from a poet. Oh, cool. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I can create, you know, we all know most countries are just lies we tell about ourselves enough times and it becomes real. So if that's my story and it's just a part of my story, it's just interesting to go, oh, that's possible for me because it's been done by, before by somebody with my genetics. And my grandfather was like this. I wonder what else he was like. So I read more of his stuff. Maybe it'll explain to me why I've, why I've got a bad temper. Like, I don't know why I've got a bad temper. I've no, I've no clue. Nobody's ever explained it to me and the genetics can only do so much. Maybe my great-great-grandfather was the worst person in the world. We don't know that. My father doesn't have a bad temper. My mother doesn't have a bad temper at all. They're very, very, very down-the-middle people. You know, I have a lot of my father's traits. I have a lot of my mother's traits. But what else made me? So it was to say, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. Right? But what happens if my great-great-grandkids or my grandkids want to know what it was like? And they, Because memory is a bad way to tell stuff, you know what I mean? Mm. So... I want them to know how I felt about a pandemic. I suppose we are living in quite a hectic time. No, but you should write it, or, or I will write any time moving forward. I wrote before the pandemic every day. So I'm not saying I'm right and wrong. I'm just telling you it's, I'm doing it only for me. It's not about other people. I don't care what other people do. It's not, it's not meant to be released to the world, my memoirs. You know what I mean? I'm doing it only for me because in 15 years' time, I'd like to look back because – now, I, don't, I can't really remember what I was like when I was 15. It would be so awesome to remember that. Like, I remember my life was awesome. It was flipping cool, but I can't remember every day at boarding school. I can't remember what happened when my teacher shouted at me. I wonder how I responded. Oh, that's, and I'd love to go back and go, that's flipping crazy. I could, what? I'm, I would happily erase my school years. Really? Oh. But, but you see, within that, I'm sure there were good days. The good days are probably when I was hanging out with my parents after after school. But you see, you can't remember that now. No, I've I've got a I would I would say I've got a pretty decent memory. See, everybody thinks that. No, 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 I, no, I I really do. I remember, like, there's certain times that I'll I'll think about it, like at nights if I'm lying in bed. If I if I have a memory triggered, like if I think of something, I can remember that day what happened, how I felt about it, and how I don't want to think about it anymore. See, it's so weird. Okay. And I, I acknowledge that. Some of us say, I, I don't have a very good memory. Do you, but is, is there not one moment in your life, like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. where you felt really like angry or embarrassed or something? And then you can place yourself in that room. Absolutely. And I find that the strangest thing. Like you can almost relive that moment, but only that moment. Yes. Do, do you know you can go, um, you, you can actually unlock memories. And I don't mean like Dr. Strange vibes. <laughs> I mean, it's actually people can access your subconscious now scientifically. That would be scary. What, like Assassin's Creed stuff? I haven't seen the movie. You just play the game. Oh, no. Okay. Well, no. But there's also the movie there's, on there's, Netflix. There's a, there's a descendant of Ezio who's the main character. Uh -huh. But something went wrong back in time. And so they, they developed this device where they they put this this guy who is like Ezio, he he's a descendant of Ezio, and they put him back in this device. 
I forget what they call it. Um, if any games are listening, they'll probably be shouting at me right now. But, sure. Um, and what they have to do is they have to put them in this and access memories to try and go back to the past to change the future. Okay, I know. We don't have so that. Weird. We don't have that in real life. I mean, the only no, no, memory. No, no, we do have memories. It's called uh, genetic uh, mapping. So we, we, we've got memories. So we've got genetic memory and we can kind of look at that, but uh, that's not really memory. It's, uh, it's very different. It's not memory like I remember. But I hear you. So, yes, I acknowledge that. But you don't remember 300 – it's impossible for you to remember 364 days for the last 15 years. It's just impossible. And also it's a good thing. By the way, it's an evolutionary thing, especially on the traumatic thing. Mm. It's a good thing that you don't remember that stuff because your brain is not meant to be in a state of fl- fight or flight all the time. You're trying to you, – your, your brain wants to organize things and because the brain is only made to keep you safe. That's all it wants. It wants efficiency and safety, survival. That's all it's evolved to do. Please do not think it's made for anything else. We, we now attach a value to what this incredible machine has become and this uh, engorged uh, prefrontal cortex, um, which is why obviously we are the, the, the homo sapien uh, developed. The, you can see our cranium is larger than all other apes, right? Um, but really, it's just a calculator that wants to keep you safe. And what it wants to do, file things away. Bad, good, bring it to the front all the time. Yes, let's keep that. That's why you've got to be disciplined. Otherwise, you're going to eat sweets all day. I'm saying, <laughs> just take cocaine every day. <laughs> like Hunter S. Thompson. All right? But my point is essentially on the writing thing. Is that for me, it's just that life is pretty awesome. I've got to be honest. It's tough. It's pretty awesome. And also, life's not just about me. There may be others. Like you're saying now, Ryan, look at the hole you're saying is in your life. What happens if I have kids and grandkids? So for right now, it's for me. But also, like, I, I, I love looking back. Like, I'll look back sometimes, uh, even when I was living in Cape Town, some, some of my thoughts on how people made me feel or a day made me feel or stuff made me feel. I'm like, that's crazy that I was thinking like that. Look at me now. You know, or you were right. That's awesome. I can't believe you thought that three years ago. You saw this coming. There's so many things that are happening now that I thought, because I'll also write stuff that I think it's going to, just for myself, like, here's how I think this. There's so many things where I go, oh, my God, I might be Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm also a tiger, obviously, as we found out this morning. But, yeah, so... Very interesting way to um, approach life. Listen, I'm watching some test cricket. Yeah, 150 for four are the Indians. Uh, Punt is now starting to take over. Uh, K- uh, Keshav Maharaj, who couldn't turn a spinning top, is now being put to the sword. Um, Punt has had enough. Uh, Virat Kohli, who's in the worst form of his life, 29 off 140 balls. Boy, oh boy. India lead by 164, and they've got four sticks down. The Proteas are not looking good. I want to talk about some test cricket. You know what I'm saying, right? You know, I live in um, Cape Town for nigh on th- four years. I went to every single test match, right? Every day of every test match that was in Cape Town while I lived in Cape Town. That's awesome. Whole day. And I'm the guy who gets to the cricket before play. I don't get there like at 12, right? I get there before play, check out the conditions, get something to eat. Yeah, some bottled water. That's it. And I sit by myself. I uh, Like I hate going to test cricket with people. That are chatty. Like watching, you know what I mean? I'm trying to watch a movie or whatever. Like I go there to watch the cricket. 
So the Saturday, okay, vibes for the boys. You know what I'm saying Saturdays are for the boys. We know this. But the other days, I want to watch cricket. I'm here to watch what's the pitch doing, what's the body language. I'm, I'm really into test cricket. But are you in a box or are you on the stands? Um, now I like to be in a box, but if I can't get box tickets, I'll just be in the hoity-toity stands or the most expensive stands you can get. Every day? Every day. So how much is a, for, for the international listeners in South Africa, how much are we looking for like high-end non-box tickets? 200 bucks. That's not bad. No, not at all. It's worth it all the way. How long is the test match? Five days. That's fine. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like a grand a day. No. Well, you end up spending, so it's a, no, well. <laughs> it ends up costing you about uh, six hundred rand a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, luckily, I don't drink. Imagine then it would really cost me money. <laughs> but yeah, so I love Test cricket, and it's dying. Makes me sad. But that's cricket South Africa's fault. That's not just here. It's cricket's dying everywhere. Test cricket's dying. T twenty doing fine. <laughs> booming business is booming. But why do you think it's dying? Do you think it's a marketing? It's a marketing flaw that they just haven't been able to figure how to market it to the younger generation or they've just been ignoring the sport completely. What's the what's what's the vibe you're on there? Glad you asked that, Ryan. Let me give you my opinion. Virat Kohli, edge, out. 152 for two. Gone. Beautiful bowling. Lungengidi. Very fat. Went to the same school as me. But beautiful bowler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is savage. You like that? Imagine I did t uh, cricket commentary. That's hilarious. Hey? So they should have me on cricket commentary. You enjoyed that, didn't you, Ron? Yeah. Would you watch if I, there was a commentator like that? Someone's going Someone's going to write in. And say what? <laughs> body shaming of these guys. Well, you can't be body shamed to get in shape. How can I be body shaming? No, you're a sportsman. I agree. No, also you're getting paid to do this. Get in shape. Uh, there's no body shaming. You can shame me on whatever you want. I need some proof. If it's if you're right, j just because you're hurt, just because your feelings are hurt in life, by the way, it doesn't make the other person less right or wrong. If it's true, it's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's painful because there's a lot of stuff that people say to me. I'm like, oh, it really hurt my feelings. Sure. And then it's just me and my pillow, and I go, flipping out. They're right. I am a selfish prick. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like when they say. I always say to people, think of me like a panado, right? I'm really awful up front. Uh, but after a while, your headache's gone and you think, mm, you yeah, know, not so bad. Not so bad. 152 for two, uh, India lead by 165. So they're essentially 165 for five, uh, Cape Town. And I think it's day four. Um, beautiful bowling by Ngiti, outside edge. We're at Kohli. Indian superstar, gone, gone, Lungagiri, educated in the Natal Midlands and clearly ate all the food, as I said, in the canteen. Five-star chefs, very nice living down there at Hilton College. Um, all right, let's get into some test cricket. And Ryan says, why do I think cricket is dying? Why? I'll tell you something about real life. Um, when men turn 30 years old, right, they have an identity crisis. And I think maybe you can identify with this because – what happens at 30 is that you're too old to be cool, but you're too young to be a CEO. So you're caught in this middle child syndrome. You know it. Nobody cares about 30-year-olds. Because at work, you're not powerful enough to affect me, right? But you're not, you're like, you're not hungry enough to still be at it unless you're unique. 
30, 30 is an awkward age. Having a don- what do we call an identity crisis. A crisis. It's a crisis of the soul, but. And Test Cricket is going through that at the moment, right? Test Cricket's broken. It's broken because it's trying to be everything to everyone all the time. You heard Ryan earlier when I said I went to Cotillion. And he said, I see no value in that. Why, do you, why would you want to be able to make a bed properly and have an envelope corner? That's ridiculous. Why do you want to why, – why should I – why should posture matter? Why should table etiquette, which is another thing they teach you? Well, it's not useful. Ryan says, get that the hell out of here, bro. It's useless. Right? But in order to lead and to be the best, one thing you have to be willing to do, otherwise you'll never lead is be able to withstand feedback. And Test Cricket has been unable to do that and the authorities have not been strong enough to say no. No, you can't have this part of cricket. Right? So Test Cricket is caught in a place where it's listening to social media and it's listening to people who want inclusive. It's boring. Right? Well, it's boring. Whereas golf says, we know we're boring. We don't want poor people on the golf course. <laughs> read, read a stat the other day. Golf memberships have doubled in South Africa over the last year. Ah, but it's boring. It's expensive. Golf memberships have doubled. You know why? You know why places like Oxford will continue to exist? And you'll want to go there with all of your woke nonsense. Because they say, we know we're the best, right? And you don't have to come here. I can only speak from a man's perspective, right? But when a lady says, no, I'm not interested in you. Generally, guys go, I'm going to try 10 times as hard. I'm going to buy more roses. I'm going to ask on more dates. What can I do to be desirable to that lady? The less accessible a lady is, the more she becomes desired. The more, trust me, I know guys, I know how they think, I know how the world has impressed itself on me. The less accessible you feel, the more people want. Test cricket has changed, it said yes to everything. So I want to leave it on this, test cricket needs to grow up. The reason Oxford will exist forever. Test crickets should say, we are the core, and this is the fault of Dave Richardson and the ICC when they sold it to India, England, and Australia. I don't care. I, I'm not interested in the size of the markets there. You ruined the game forever. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, that's a different question. What I'm saying is, Test cricket is finished. Because T20 is a different sport. It's not the same sport as Test Cricket. But Test Cricket didn't have the confidence to go, we're glad we're boring. Baseball had the confidence to say, we don't care we're boring. They're still dishing out $400 million contracts now. Baseball doesn't care. Yeah, we're boring. You're right. We're not the NFL. We don't care. Go to hell. Numbers are doing great in baseball. Formula One. We don't care. We're rich. Can't afford it. Not our problem. Oh, but what about history? What about? We don't care. You don't have to come here. We don't need you. Test cricket should have done that. It's an elite sport. Cricket is an elite sport. It's impossible to play unless you're rich. Trust me, I played. 
I don't know. I think my father was um, dealing narcotics in school. Don't know how in hindsight he afforded the kit. I had a brand new kit every season. Not really. Not fully brand new, but but new. I had new stuff. Cricket bats were eight, seven, eight thousand rand per bat. I had three bats a season. It depends on the bats you got. Well, like top end. I mean, Ryan, what do we do? I had to have top end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a baller. <laughs> and that's what cricket should be. You're a batsman. <laughs> I was a all-rounder, but I see what you said. You did bowler, baller. Very nice. Like a West Indian. Yeah. Shout out to baller, man. <laughs> Test cricket has lost us forever. It's in an identity crisis. I'll finish off on this. Listen. Folks, I know we live in the work era and P- listen, stop, stop listening to young people. They have no money to spend and they don't know what they're talking about. Billionaires must stop listening to millionaires. It's ridiculous. The ICC must grab some control back and take control of the situation. It's getting out of hand. I don't care what a youngster of 21 thinks about test cricket. I have disposable income. I will come to the test cricket and you'll have me forever. Youngsters now don't care. They'll switch from TikTok to Facebook to Twitch to. They don't care. Young people care about what feels good, not what is good. They don't care about what is good because they don't know any better. They don't. You And you are below the age of 28. You've got no clue what's going on. No clue. And it's hard to hear that, but it's true. Trust me. I, I've lived. And I'm, I still, I find out how little I know at 35. Stop being dictated to. Test cricket does not need the world and needs to be strong. Trust me, the product will hold. But I'm afraid the wolves are in now and it's too late. And the ICC and Dave Richardson and all the cronies sold out to the money because they were greedy, rapacious. Call them rapacious. Like that word, Ryan? What does it mean? Rapacious. Excessive greed. Say they are rapacious. Jacob Zuma was an extremely rapacious or is an extremely rapacious man. Test cricket dead forever or can it be rescued? I say it's dead. What do you think? Hit us up. I am MKT Inspires on social media. Ryan, your handles. Ryan James Timline. Cricket dead or can the ICC wrestle it back? T20, different sport, better. Should we shut test cricket down? Does it matter? Should we wear a colored kit in cricket now? Just everybody, everybody, let's make it a circus across the board. Perhaps I'm wrong. Pink ball cricket already a thing. I will never go to a day night test match in my life. Do I sound like an old man? Perhaps it's the MKT show. This show is called the MKT show. I'm actually MKT. You know what I mean? Or am I, right? Am I a tiger? Do you feel good about that? But I, I don't know. I'm having a bit of an, like, like, lock test cricket. I'm having a bit of a identity crisis. Yeah, well, I looked up my animal. I'm not really too happy about it. So on the Chinese uh, zodiac, you are? So it doesn't go for months, right? No, it, it doesn't. It goes on years. Yes. So I'm a pig. So that's nice. The year of the pig. Mm. Yeah, there some people are a rat. Don't feel bad. So you, are, you there's the rat. 
What other animals are there? Do you want to Google that? Uh, there's a dragon. Oh, that's what I wish I was. Yeah, I would also wish I was that. Well, yeah. uh, although, no, wait, hold on. I, I, you know what happened there? I married the first girl I dated. Um, tell me the rest of the animals. Maybe dragons are not the best. So there's rat. Yes. Ox. Tiger. Yes. Rabbit. Yeah. Dragon. Yeah. Snake. Yeah. Horse. Yeah. Goat. Monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. Dragon's definitely the best one out of one of those. I don't know. Tiger's not too bad, Ryan. I'll be honest with you. No, Tiger's, I would say, is second best. You know, Tigers can weigh up to like 400 kilograms. Like, think of our big 400 kilograms. Is. Tigers are cool. I mean, that's why Mike Tyson has one. No, not anymore. That was when he was wild. And also, I think you're talking about a movie. But he did have one in real life as well. He did have one. Yeah, he did have one. You think of The Hangover? Yeah. Yep. Was he in the hangover? Yeah. Hey. Well, they actually borrowed his tiger. Yeah. Siegfried Roy as well. But the tiger ended up eating those guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tigers aren't to be mucked with, especially not this year. And I'm a tiger. Maybe I'm Bulela Kaele to tiger. MKT. You know what I mean? Mm. So the signs are everywhere, actually. I've just been ignoring them. You know what I'm saying? You can't ignore chakras when they come in the box of the studio with your name on it. You know so, what I mean? Uh, but come on, bro. Ryan, you're dropping wisdom right now. You're dropping real wisdom. So. Mbulelo kaele to tiger. My God. It does sound more vicious. You know what I mean? You, you think that could be like good for my, for my street rep? I think so. Shall I go with it? Mbulelo kaele to tiger. Do it. Wonder, I wonder how what would I say to a tiger girlfriend to get a tiger girlfriend like that that see these are the, immediately these are the things I think like what what did what do tigers get up to because they like they have no natural predators right besides human beings so they're not they don't have to be scared i'm I'm three hundred and fifty kilograms of lean lean mean I'd, I imagine some of my human traits would go to my tiger self you know what I mean so I'm lean I'm mean no there's like nobody. Nobody in, no, nobody in the Bengali um, jungle wants a piece of me, is basically what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, oh, well, there's the Scarlett Johansson of tigers. I see her now. What do I, I wonder what, do, do tigers have to take a peace offering? Like, hey, like a, like a root, like a, what's it? A peacock, you know? I don't know. But like peacocks have to do the dance. Because in, in, the, in the bird world, unlike the human world, the males the are the males pretty are ones. Yeah. yeah. And so they do all sorts of rituals and fish as well. Many fish, not all fish, but many fish do rituals to, to get the mating partner. Now I am doing something called anthropomorphizing tigers. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so maybe I just should stop. You know what I mean? Anthropomorphizing. That's a, uh, See, I could see Ryan's eyes going, like rolling back a little bit there. Yeah, I hate anthrop- anthropomorphizing. <laughs> so it's when you, it's when you impose human traits on animals. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan Tinline. Today's been a great show, dude. Yeah, I like doing this show. It's my life, you know. I do miss the YouTube life. I do, I do like being live. Speaking of which. Great broadcasting there. Great transitioning. You saw what I did. I, I do see. It's next level broadcasting. And if you listen to this, you're about to hear. So we're on TikTok because it's AFCON fever. 
Yesterday's results, by the way, Algeria lost to six, Cam- well, drew with the six Camaras. Sierra Leone, Sudan, 0-0 with Guinea-Bissau, Nigeria, obviously. That was, oh, that was two days ago. It was the last time we did it live, remember? Yeah. Egypt, Mo Salah, terrible haircut. That's what lost it for Egypt. A lot of people are saying, a lot of people, it's just me, by the way. I'm the only one saying, but I think I'm right. I need to find out if James is actually behind Egypt. What do you think? Knowing James, he's just vibes, bro. He's bro, that but, guy. But the thing is, is he backing Egypt because of Salah or will he go Senegal and be smart because Mendy's there as well. He gets the bonus of Mendy and he gets, Matt, you know, Sadio Mane. So should I, should I answer as James? Yeah, answers James. Dude, I don't know, bro. Bruh. It's just, it's just the vibe, you know? Because I want to know, because I got through, you got through, Paolo got through. Senzo, I don't know who he's backing. Did did he mention it to you? I need to find that out. James, is James Ilgi supporting Egypt? We'll just have to find that out. You must just write that in your book tonight. (laughs) (laughs) No, very good. Very good. So, Ryan, we've been working pretty hard, and um, you're struggling to sleep. What's your story? Get a nicer bed. Or, I mean, what's going on? No, it's it's not the bed. Financial it's, problems. Uh, it's always financial problems, like well, I said. Well, how, so why why don't you budget better? What's what's wrong? You can't be the drip king on a budget. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on with it! Come on with it! <laughs> <laughs> so there's that but um i don't know life has been pretty crazy lately and there's been a lot of changes in in uh in my personal life as as we kick the year off sure so there's a couple of things i'm just adjusting to and you know i've got my normal worries here and there family and otherwise yeah it's real Last year was a it was a hard year for us. So this year for your family, yeah. yeah but you, you, what's great is you guys are all together. Yeah, it's a fantastic thing. It's a good example for. And it's actually with this whole COVID thing. I think that's probably the best thing that's come out of it. Is my dad um, is now working from home. Okay. Um, you know he's been uh, the company's basically set him up and the whole department up. And so now they they converting many of the offices where the, they don't want people coming in. Only the people who need to handle, um, you know, the IT stuff. Because now all buildings are at half capacity. And I think they, they're even going to shut some buildings down, to be honest. So my dad's at home now completely. And my mom also is mostly home. And so it's nice that everyone is just... Because before my dad used to work till... Maybe seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. And you'd leave before half past five. So we never used to see him mm. until the weekend. And then even on weekends, you know, you're busy with other stuff. So I think that's probably the best thing that's come out of the, the whole COVID thing. But yeah, last year was a bit stressful for the family. I lost my grandmother who was like the, the, the center of the whole thing. Yeah. So, but other than that, now it's just, you know, getting the family just to have a bit more fun. Go out, 
life's short, you must enjoy it. Yeah, that's a, that's a very true thing. I mean, you, you know, you can't be frightened inside your whole life. You have to sort of, that's why I'm pushing my parents. I'm saying to them, you know what? You're not far from retirement. Enjoy it while you can. Go and see some cool places. Go hang out, do some cool things. So did they go to Cape Town largely with your like, okay, do something? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. My, so- mom, my mom and dad decided that they want to go and just go on holidays and stuff. And I said to them, don't, don't worry about us. Like my sister and I, we work. So I said, don't worry. We've had all the fun holidays. Maybe we'll join you on a weekend. You know, if I'm not busy, maybe we'll drive up on the weekend. Because um, they're going from Cape Town to Durban. So they're doing like a thing in Cape Town now for a couple of days and they're going to Durban. Are they going to drive? Yeah. What? Well, so they flew there. <laughs> Funny situation. My dad bought a car in Cape Town. Oh, okay. So yeah, to get it back up here. Yeah. So, okay. It's a common thing, by the way. Yeah. The cars in Cape Town and Durban are a lot cheaper than, than the cars in Durban. Well, not a lot, but it, it depends on the on the deal that, that you get. Bring, but also there's a good reason for that. You think there might be a reason uh, for that? Transport costs. Exactly. They're port cities. Yeah. So my dad got a good deal. And so he arranged with, with the guys to go and pick it up today. Didn't he just get a new car? No. Oh, was his car old? The one because you drove your dad's car in here once. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, bor- I borrowed the car the one day. Yeah, yeah. No, he's had that car for since about I'd say twenty sixteen, maybe. Oh, so he looks off their stuff. That that car looked sparkling. Yeah. So you see, my dad bought that actually on. He bought it on what's 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 the fancy word f- for the rental? Like lease to. Yeah, it was, he yeah, bought it on a but, lease. Yeah. And so the contract of the lease is you can only have thirty thousand k's per year. And then you have to return the car after, I think, four years with an option to buy. And so it's been four years. Um, and I think my dad's decided, you know what? Because the thing is, we were we were just making that 30000 because we travel a lot as a family. Sure. You know, we, my mom and dad, they worked like far out. Yeah. And then my dad would have to go. Um, well, you live in the middle of nowhere as well. Yeah, yeah. You'd like there's School, no, there's no you know, offices we, where Ryan lives there. You all have to come to the north to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so. By the way, fat man scoop, um, Lungingidi <laughs> here, uh, got another wicket. It's, uh, it's, he doesn't listen to it's this 162 podcast. for six. Does he listen to this podcast? Probably not. Probably not. He doesn't know who I am. He's a megastar. He's a cricketing. He's a, he's a gajillionaire. Uh, doesn't make me any wrong. You know what I mean? With <laughs> Two for nineteen. He's got two for nineteen. Eleven point five over one hundred sixty-two for six. India lead by one hundred seventy-five. Right, go on. Your your parents. Yeah. So, so then when COVID hit, I mean, we didn't use the car for we didn't travel for like two years. Sure. So now my dad's thinking, you know, car's in great shape. We haven't driven it much, so I think he might just keep it. And then this this car that um, it's actually for my mom. Okay. So then this is going to be like her final car for retirement. Nice. So. she Is she getting a bigger or a smaller car? So it's the same size as the one she had. Um, my dad just has a problem with French cars and it shows. Um, it's, they're just not reliable. So she had a Renault before. And so now I, I wanted her to get the VW before. And then now she, that Renault, she would drive it and it would pop from drive into neutral. While she's driving. Not good. No. For Bad. Those, yeah, yeah. 
So And it's a automatic. Automatic, yeah. That's bad. That doesn't sound good at all. And it's new. We literally bought it last year. That well, it's practically new. Uh, some might say it's like the people, huh? Unreliable, those French. So my dad's never been a fan of French cars, Citroen, Peugeot. They're nice to have now, but my dad's is long term. Yeah, where were know. they in World War Two? Well, maybe <laughs> your dad's like, hey, you guys pitched up really late. We needed your help. The Allies needed your help earlier. Yeah. That Hitler guy was terrible. James Ilsley said he was in uh, Argentina, but he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. He was very much. <laughs> I still the- need to chat to James about that, what that bunker was doing in Argentina. Oh, they say, and then people affirm him by saying, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But it's well known that he, he had a bunker in Argentina. Like, okay, that's not a reason to say that he was Argentina. <laughs> With, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a sensational thing. All right. No, good for your parents. I hope they have a good one. And they, they've yeah. done, they've done, they've done their bit. I, no, I, no, definitely. So they must go and have fun now. I think in hindsight with my life, after 20, you should be like, I'm not saying they should kick you out of home, but they've done enough. If you get me to 20 is what I believe and take it from somebody who had a ridiculous, I needed my parents till 28 because I messed up so much in life. That's, that's why I drive them to the airport. Well, (laughs) but as far as I'm concerned, my parents got me to 20. Awesome. You've done enough. Yeah. No, I agree. After that, it's your Unless you've got tremendous mental issues and, and addiction issues, which are very rare in the world, by the way. No, I don't think they're rare. No, they're very rare. Um, my mother's told me before, and she's worked in the, the… Addiction issues? My mother's worked in that world for 35 years, right? But I thought your mom was a public speaker. No, my mother's a, psycholog- a psychiatrist. Oh, okay. She, With, she, just, she happens, just has the skill. Yeah. Okay. No, no, but she's a doctor, yeah. And… I don't know. I think it's becoming more and more of a thing now. Sing, uh, clinically diagnosed. Are you talking about depression or are you talking about like across n- the narcotics? Spectrum. Okay, well, that's addiction, but uh, the mental issues we speak about today, single percentile in the world, 2% clinically diagnosed. That comes from a medical expert, not me. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can read lots of stuff in the papers, uh, but clinically, properly by doctors. Not by people who are writing blogs on on Twitter who ask doctors who are going to make it work for them. Because you can make data work however you want it, by the way. But clinically, and my mother worked as a diplomat across the world in war zones. It's single percentile. Just so we're aware. It's very interesting. Yeah. So, but unless you got that, you know, unless you're like, you're really, you're off the charts. You, at 20, your parents have done enough. I agree. And from there, it's on you. And now, one thing we're not allowed to say now, right? Because parents can't do anything now, right? Because I think children should get a good spanking until they... Uh, I mean, my parents stopped spanking me at 13 because my dad... In, in fact, you know what happened? Weirdly, my parents were divorced. They had the same chat with me. And and my father is not a, like an abusive person or my mother, Right? But they both sat me down completely independently of one another. Like, not related. They don't, they didn't speak off. They got divorced when I was six, right? And, and not don't speak. They speak about us, our stuff. But they both had the chat with me. It's like, okay, you're a man now. 13. There's no need for us to be hitting you. You know what you're supposed to do. Boom. Spoke once. Never laid a finger on me again. 
but I our parents had a similar chat. Yeah, it's like we're done now. We 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 can't be. Do you know what I mean? Like we know what are we soldiers? <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't be. <laughs> what are we majorettes? You know. So they just sat me down. Now and if anyone needed a spanking, it was this man over here. <laughs> In case he's pointing at himself, by the way. I was, extra- <laughs> I, I, I was extremely out of hand. Jeez, that was a nightmare. I think you're too hard on yourself about your 20s. I know. No, no, this was my teen years. So, listen, my 20s was a nightmare. But yeah, I was hard work as a child. <laughs> Super hard work. Because I noticed in, in all of the podcasts that, that we do, you speak down about yourself from like your, your 20, mm. I'd say from what, 20 to 28. Maybe even earlier than that. Like, from your 18. If I didn't have sport, I, I always wonder what I would have turned out like in school as well. But don't, I, I but don't, think, you're a bit, I don't think you're a bit hard on yourself. I mean, you, you can put it however you want, but it was what it was. The record speaks for itself. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I don't feel bad about it anymore. I, I did for a while. But you go when, once you acknowledge things, it's, it's a lot of, it's very freeing to acknowledge things as they are, not how you want them to be. Because... Now, I don't see myself that way anymore. I did for a while, like early on after things settled down, like 28. So I'm, I'm 35 now. But for 34 years, it was, I, it was like I lived in that prison. Like, ah, that's all you are, you know? You're that person. But did you, did you only come to that conclusion at 34? Um, or, or yeah, I'd from say. From when you started to no, 30? No, 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 no. No, it took me a long time. Three, four years to, to, to be comfortable, number one, talking about it. As I do now, because which is why I can I feel very free to talk about it now because I'm not in that prison anymore. Like I, now, you you know when you I don't know if you've ever had bad habits in life, but when you are that type of person who is negative, in my opinion, and brings negativity to everyone around them, is that for a while you 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 then can only see yourself as that person anyway, and it affects how you roll, right? And you can never actually observe that behavior because you still see yourself as that person. But the more and more work I did internally and thought about it and spoke to people about it and said, you know, like I speak more and more, I'd speak to my mom about it. Like, how were you feeling about when I was doing it? But that took me a while to be able to do that because it really hurt my mother, you know. And the more of that stuff I did, then the more, the more you're like, oh, okay, wait. I was a certain there were certain factors at play, right? And I'm absolutely responsible for them and how I responded to them. But the more and more you become comfortable with, the, with your actions and because like you said earlier about the trauma thing, you, you, you suppress a lot of the memories. But if you, as I was doing the work, a lot of memories came out about other crazy stuff I did besides what I was willing to speak about. And once you talk about it enough and you get the feedback from loving people, Right, is that then you can actually observe it instead of be it. It's very difficult to observe yourself doing terrible stuff because you're the person doing terrible stuff. But the more you acknowledge it as it happened, the more you're able to observe it and go, hmm, all right, what might you do to not put yourself in those circumstances that make you vulnerable again? What might you do to people that want to support you? How, how might you want them to, to live even if you're not around them, what habits might you create so that your mother can sleep at night? What, you know what I mean? What might you do to have your friends trust you? Be confident for your friends. Maybe instead of saying things, 
you might want to create some behaviors. You, you know what I mean? Is that took a while to get to that stage where you start to evolve from just I am that other person to, okay, that's a part of you. It's a part of all of us. I'm very capable of being that person again. What might I do to put myself in situations where those behaviors aren't repeated? Is where I am now. It's very interesting. So it's a, it's a tricky thing. Listen, because the thing is, right? Yeah, go ahead. As you say, everything has to happen because, like, how you've come out now is based off everything that's happened. Imagine if you weren't doing that. Where would you be now? 100%. So, like, as much as it took you a long time to get to where you are now, thinking about it, those things had to happen to get you to this thought pattern now. Ryan beautifully said, and I don't regret a day. If I was to, the more, the more I talk about things, I wouldn't do it any differently. Knowing how much pain it caused my mother, by the way, she's my, she, I'm a mommy's boy. She is my everything. And I know what tra- trauma is too light of a word, what it put her through to see what I was going through. Cause a friend of mine's mother, who I still say to this late uh, moment, she, she was the catalyst for me turning things around. I don't know if I've told you this before, but she said to me, a mother is only as happy as their unhappiest child. A mother is only as happy as their unhappiest child. Didn't matter. It didn't matter that my, my sister was flying. You know what I mean? You're, you're, and I don't know if people acknowledge this, but we can't as children because we're all about us. Your mother or father, your, your, your parents barometer of joy and bliss in life is the lowest denominator it doesn't matter if you've got two sisters who are doctors or or, or, or fulfilling or whatever you, you know there's lots of ways to be happy it's not just about money there's lots of ways to do well in life they it doesn't matter if two of their kids are doing well if one kid is going through the most that's where your parents are you don't know that they'll never tell you because their job is to protect you support you and that lady changed my life forever. Kathy van Blark. I'll never forget her. I will never forget that woman till the day I die. She said, a mother is only as happy as their unhappiest child. Changed, changed the game for me, right? Changed the game for me. I was 28 years old. Very next day I stopped drinking. It's never been the same again. Sure. It's never been the same again. See, because I was always, I was always thinking like, you know, when I speak to my friends about, you know, certain times in your life that you wish you just could either forget about or change. Sure. You sort of have to back yourself. And that's, and that's why, like, as much as I, I would call myself out, I don't feel like I should. Cause it's for me to handle. And, that, and that's why I'm, I'm just purely witnessing that I know you, you call yourself out for quite a bit. I don't think, I don't think you need to. And I think it's an interesting way to approach it. Because the thing is, it had to have happened. And you need to back yourself no matter what ha- what had happened. I mean, there's no point in saying my whole life was just blunder of mistakes. It was. But, but you're here now. I am here. Look, I wouldn't change it. It doesn't make it less true, is how I view it. And, I, and by the way, I respect what you're saying. Mm. We're all different personalities. Sure. You, you know, it's what makes this world beautiful, is that that's how you would you deal with it and... I don't think there's one way to live life. You know, I think there's core tenet rules that we all need, but I don't think there's one. In fact, it would be 
it wouldn't work if you had my approach because it's not your personality. Sure. You know, you, you, you have your own way of, of surviving the world, which we try and do every day, all of us. You know what I mean? Try and be human beings. There is no perfect. It's crazy to think perfect, you know, but there, there's ways to get through it and we just got to respect. We, we got to respect that it's short. It's so short. And the, the only thing I would change if I could, it's the only thing I could change was that I would communicate more. Cause the, the, my mom always says the worst part for, for her was the not knowing. She didn't, like, my mom's seen war zones. Nothing's gonna scare her with me. I could be a little bit of bad behavior. You know, like, also wasn't malicious. You know, I was just, or I would, like, it was malicious with the lying, but it wasn't like, I wasn't, a, I'm not a violent person. You know what I mean? Sure. A bit of a bad temper. I got a, I got a bit of an edge. A very bad temper, but, but nothing. I've never stabbed anyone or whatever, you know? Um, thank so, God. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but my mom, she always says, and th- this may resonate with somebody. Take it from somebody who she worked for the United Nations for for a long long time, so she's done it on on a decent level. Whatever you're going through, right? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Just tell the people you love what you're going through, because whatever you're thinking. Because I started to create massive monsters in my head. Whatever you're thinking is nowhere near as bad as the reality. Nowhere near. My dad says the same thing. All they say, just communicate. Good and bad. You know, part of relationships, don't just tell me the sweet stuff. Life's not a first date every day, right? People want to, when you, when things are going badly, how you get close to people is you tell them that, the vulnerability, the, I'm not, I'm not on today. That's how you build relationships with romantic or friendships, right? We, cause we're all reasonable, right? Not every day's, you, you, you know, we're not living Justin Bieber lives out here. <laughs> and even Justin Bieber goes through it. Yeah. So that's life, baby. Ryan, good stuff today. Thank you. We should start a, uh, I mean, you've spoken about some stuff today, hey? Jeez. You've really shown us your heart again. What can I say? Uh, you're an authentic person. I'm serving the streets. Come on, straight up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. That's Ryan Tinline over there. Yeah. And this has been the MKT show. For this fine day, I hope you're having the greatest day of your life. We are the hell. Are you?